I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. Mate, you mentioned how good the Roosters were to you during that period. Obviously, your next move is there. And I remember playing touch football down at Queen's Park one day and there was this kid bouncing around there. And, you know, his name started to whisper around this Roger Tuivasa Sheck. And they said, oh, this kid from New Zealand, they've pulled him over. And he was just amazing from the moment he arrived. Tell me about Roger. He was, yeah. I went over to the uh, New Zealand school carnival and um, I was – one of the Warriors scouts was there and sort of sidled up next to me and sort of said, oh, we've got the, we've got the number three in this team. He said, he's the best player at the carnival, you know, and I was, uh, I watched the game for about five or 10 minutes and I turned to him and said, mate, he ain't even the best player in this team. And I sort of walked away, you know, and Roger was playing fullback in that team, you know, and so I was pretty focused from that first beat I saw him, you know, so, you know, the footwork and I'm just, you know, yeah, I think he had pink boots on that day, so pretty easy to pick up so um yeah so we quickly got a relationship with him and sort of you know one of those things that you know i like doing is i think most clubs are doing now you know you back yourself then not too many clubs would do it in those days to put an offer on the table that gone straight basically straight to first grade or certainly first grade in their second year sort of blew most of the teams out of the water and back yourself that yes it's very it looks very expensive at the start but by the time you get to year or two three it's probably half the value of the contract is probably half what it should be. So, so we backed ourselves and yeah, he come along and as I said, champion kid and amazing player and played twenties for most of that year and got his last couple of games in first grade. And I think he, he stood uh, Brett or Josh Morris on their ears down the bottom corner at SFX and uh, SFS and everyone was, Oh, you know, so he was uh, yeah, just phenomenal player, great person. And, it was probably really tough when he when he left the Roosters. That was a, that was certainly a tough day in my career, mate. Obviously, to be able to win premierships, you need you need guys that are on a lower pay packet to play well above that. In and in 2013 for the Roosters, Roger was really that guy, wasn't he? We had a whole host of them that year, mate. To be honest, so um, those days, you know, cap cap management's changed. It was the second tier. You know, Isaac Liu played 13 games that year on 15k. You know, so. So 
and we yeah we would love to have given you some more money, but you know, I think it was two fifty k was the threshold of second tier in those days, and you could only use that. So he was part of that two fifty k, and we couldn't give him another cent. You know, so so yeah, we had a lot of players. You know, Daniel Tupu come along that year. So before Christmas, Roger was training at left centre, and Toops was on the wing. Toops had never played first grade. A year at, at Newtown, the year before, um, come five games at 20s at Parramatta. And, you know, so he was on one wing and then Christmas came and Janko bobbed up. And so Rog went to, to the wing with, with Toops. And, um, yeah, obviously Sonny had come in between and, and uh, Maloney had fallen in our laps earlier than that. So all of a sudden we went from uh, some missing links with all these good kids coming through to basically, you know, the... The finished product all just sort of clicked clicked into place, you know. So yeah, that year was yeah, Rogers on minimum wage, Toops was on minimum wage, Ice was playing there, trying to, you know, there was a few more Dylan Nap Naps came along and played some games that year and it was there was a lot of people on some, you know, to balance the cap out as you say. So to get a to get a good team you've got to have good young players coming through or or getting under undervalued players, second chance players from other teams and you know, we had both of that combined with some, you know, incredible top end players. So that was uh, that was a, that was a good squad, mate. It must be pretty amazing for you to be, you know, the guy that found Roger ten years ago, and now he's at the Warriors. You're there yourself, and he's the leader of that club. It must be, you know, a real sort of full circle moment for you. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so had to you know, a couple of people I've changed, tried to recruit over the years, and you know, changed clubs to end up being with them. So yeah, Rog you know, basically left to, to come back to NZ and start his his life where his family had stayed in Australia. So it was a bit of the opposite, to be honest. So he'd come back to New Zealand to start his life with Ash and start a family. And, um, yeah, when I come over, it was, yeah, it's a good feeling. So no one, yeah, always, when you recruit someone at a young age and they they get to play first grade, you always have that special bond with them, you know. So I saw Joel Thompson on the weekend, same sort of thing, you know. So you always have that bond. So, yeah, it's, and when you see them, be successful in their life. All those guys, you know, not just footy. You know, you see you know, Roger is a dad and, you know, how he set himself up and his family, you know, it's uh, yeah, extremely satisfying. And as I said, to see the person he's turned into, the leader he is, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great feeling. Mate, you talk about that special bond when someone plays first grade. Obviously, your son, Sean O'Sullivan, he's now playing for Brisbane. He started at the Roosters. Obviously, being a recruitment manager yourself when he was younger, what did you see in Sean? Um, but he had a couple of recos when he was young. That was that was pretty tough when he was so he had one when he was ten and twelve. So so he uh, and then you come back at fourteen. I was telling somebody the other day and you know, he, he was scared stiff, you know, he was uh yeah, you know, as you would when you're fourteen years of age and had two recos and he wouldn't run and he wouldn't tackle and you know. And I said, Mate, come on, I said, you gotta get your get your coaching certificate and start coaching and he said I said, otherwise you if you're going to play, you've got to play properly. So, And then he just got a little bit better, a little bit better at 14 and had a good year at 15 and then things sort of started clicking for him at 16. And he had a really good year in, when he was turning 17. He sort of played behind Nathan and Jerome in the SD ball team. He only got one game that year, but it was a really good year for him at Penrith. So he's actually a Penrith boy. And he got to train and play with those guys and, the game he played was really good. And then he took over next year and, and they won the SG ball the following year. So we beat Penrith the year before and 
and they'd won the next year. So as I was talking about, you know, that <clears throat> that coming through winning teams, you know, he was, he was lucky enough to play, you know, New South Wales 18s and 20s and Australian junior roos and all that, Australian schoolboys, all that sort of stuff. So he played in winning teams, you know. So he actually has that, he has that, you know, knows what winning's about and how to go about it. So, um, you know, things didn't have quite worked for him at the Bronx for a couple of things. He obviously had a, another knee injury, which obviously took 12 months out of him. And I think when he was he played a game against Cronulla, he got four or five games in a row. And, and by half time they were leading Cronulla. And it was clear that day to me that it's sort of, it's, it's clicked for him, you know, and people around him started to work out how they could play. And he's a player that, uh, he best plays, he helps other people and shows, makes them look good, you know. So if he's got people around him moving, you know, it obviously aids the team. And that day he had a really good, and he did a hammy on half time at, uh, at Cronulla and didn't come the second half. And so again, that sort of set him back. And he come back in and had a couple of good games towards the end. And then they left him out for the semi when they got uh, tapped up. And, and then he, he did his knee that day playing for Brizzy North. So that was a bit of a setback. But, you know, he, he'll be fine going into next year. You know, we get another good off season under his belt. And, that he, you know, he's, he's a very smart kid. You know, he knows his footy inside out. And, you know, like a decent recruiter one day uh, when his footy, footy's finished, that's for sure. Mate, I had um, Rowan Smith on my podcast earlier this year, obviously the coach of the North Devils that he was playing yep. at, and he just said that Sean's footy IQ is through the roof. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart kid. You know, he's always kids that grow up in footy dressing rooms from when they're, you know, he's grown up since he was a, since he was a baby, you know, so... He's heard every Craig Bellamy spray. He's heard the he's heard the lot, you know. So he, he knows what works. And as I said, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he was privileged to have that sort of upbringing, you know. So and some, you know, some wonderful coaches that helped him as well. So Rowe helped his game enormously. They always had a really good bond when you know Sean was probably you know ten or twelve, hanging around the dressing room when Rowe was there. And you know, he's a fantastic coach, Rowan. You know, fantastic coach of young players. So. So they had a good bond and, you know, that was that was a good part of his learning last year to get some, you know, Q Cup under his belt with a, some really good players and good sense of team and, you know, they, they did well. So, so, you know, all those all those boys, you know, those coaches played a big part in his life, you know. And uh, Robbo went and watched him play for Penrith and was pretty adamant that he wanted to take him to the Roosters, which I wasn't really overly keen on, you know, given that we had a, you know, I was there at that stage and, as it worked out, I wasn't there anyway, so, so it didn't really matter. But, but you know, he was uh, he was a Robbo sort of player. And, you know, I think Robbo's term was he, he knows how to play the long game, you know. So so that was, you know, kick to corners, work him over, you know. You know he understands that, that side of the game, you know. So, as I said, things haven't quite worked for him yet, but he's tough and, and keeps working. I'm pretty sure things will work out for him it's somewhere at some stage. Has it been difficult for you at all over the last six or seven years between having your father hat on and your like football recruiting hat on when it comes to Sean? Uh, not really. No, no, I'm pretty hard on him. So if uh, anyone will tell you, you know, that um, probably his, his harshest, harshest critic, you know, so he's had a, got a couple of good sprays over the years off me. So um, not, not too many because he hasn't really deserved them because he's a, you know, he's a really good kid and works hard at his game. But, you know, a couple of stages where I thought he might've been going off the rails. He got a, he got a kick in the bum, so yeah, it was good to see that to have that side of it where you you're you're emotionally attached even more so than what you would when you you know when the when the, your player in your club. So yeah, it was 
it was it was good fun, you know, and to watch him achieve some of those goals was, you know, pretty special. Mate, the last big name on my recruitment list that you've uh, come across is, of course, Latrell Mitchell. Now, you spoke about Inglis earlier and the comparisons between those two. You know, we've just been hearing it for the last eight years now. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about when you first saw Latrell. Um, it was, yeah, it was, sometimes things just fall in your lap. Um, beautiful partner at the time, so um, she had a she had she had a work and a lady worked for her in in their office, and um, and they asked me to go and watch her grandson played just said he was keen on his footy but they wanted to get a realistic idea of whether he had a I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash spoken today. A, a crack, you know, so it was it was actually St. George versus Central Coast. Uh, Matt's was at my old stomping ground at Everett Park, which was Pendlestar Sills home ground. And um, so I went down and Saturday morning and, you know, and, uh, she was sort of, uh, she was with me and so I got to watch warm up and she's sort of talking to me. I said, just quiet. I just want to watch warm up and, uh, which is I'm, I'm really big on. I sort of looked at the kid and I thought, uh, yeah, he's not too bad, you know? And, uh, and I saw this kid wearing number one going through the warm up and went, wow, that was it. So I just said, I'm going to sign that kid. You know, they haven't kicked off yet. I said, I don't care. You know, so they kicked off. I think I waited 10 or 15 minutes and he, you know, just, just head and shoulders above anybody else out there, you know. So, yeah, she was pretty clear straight away. And he'd missed Newcastle's mats, their squad that year. I'm thinking, what are they looking at here? So, basically, and he went to the kids that basically didn't make Newcastle would go to the Central Coast and get a game. And, you know, they weren't a great squad, you know, because they were basically just the, the leftovers that Newcastle, you know, didn't want. Or, you know, Manly was strong on the Central Coast at that stage. And, He's just bobbed up, and you know this is a this is a gift from God, basically. So, so it took a little bit of doing. Um, they played a New South Wales 16 sort of um, possible problems game, and they were running late because they'd come down from from Melbourne and they run it late. And I thought, please be late, don't miss the game, you know. So because once they see him play, everyone will sort of know how good he is. And uh, he got there late, and he had a carry there that sort of 70, 80 meters, that probably. It, I mean, it was still pretty clear, but it probably didn't sort of blow everyone out of the water. And I was thinking, that's good, that's good. And sort of worked pretty hard, built a relationship with his mum and dad and himself. And, you know, we got the deal done pretty quick. So so he's, um, yeah, he was, you know, clearly, you know, different to Greg, you know. Everyone can obviously see the similarities, but, you know, the trail's the trail and Greg's Greg. So, so but... Uh, player and you know some of the things he did coming through in 18s and 20s and you know, I talked about that ST ball team that won the comp you know he was he scored two tries in the last minutes to Paul Momrowski Paul kicked the goal and you know Connor was in that team so you know I was, as I said I'm big on building those teams and but that's the core of it that comes through and, and wins comp for, for first grade down the track you know so uh, yeah that was that was yeah a special young team and he was certainly the most special Peter, you said you were willing to sign him when you saw him warming up. What did you see in that warm-up that stood out to you? 
I'm big on balance, you know, and just, just the way they move, you know. So, obviously, you know, you've got to have more. There's lots of kids with balance who are not tough enough. And, you know, but if you have that, you know, the, it's like the, you know, the good horse that walks around the parade ring that everyone goes, wow, have a look at that, you know. So, if you've got an eye for footy you know, and everyone thinks they have, but not too many actually have, you know, you can see it pretty clearly, you know. So, he was just, a, yeah, he was the, he was the Dane Hill of the, of the yard, you know, he just stood out like, like a beacon mate we mentioned four about you know the salary cap scandal about that and like life hasn't always been easy and obviously you know you were rubbed out of the game there for a few years and you know anyone can type that up on google and see the story and whatever but on a personal note how did you deal with that oh yeah it was tough yeah that was a really dark period of my life you know so but i came out the other side and you know there was i said before you find out who you who your real friends are and certainly you know what you talked about there like Nathan was you know really good through that period for me uh, uh Jonah Brent Reed um, we had good good mates with you know he was he rang most days you know uh, two main you know, Chris Johns and Anthony Barnes who was the who's the 20s coach and 18s coach at Saints you know some people around me like that who were who were phenomenal for me and that sort of got me through that period and you know so yeah angry about it lots of that and, um you know, disillusioned about that's that part of it, but you know, I did. You know, obviously, would do things differently. Certainly, got an apology off some people that were involved in it uh, from a governing body's point of view, but not probably not the people I wanted to. So, you know, in essence, you know, I was guilty of sort of being around the wrong people that they didn't like. You know, whether that's a crime or, but it's still it's something I shouldn't have done. So, so you know, um, but learned a lot from that that period of my life, and you know, said. Uh, because, you know, in a concrete truck at 6am in the morning full of concrete bags sort of helps you realise you, how much you love footy and how much you miss it. So, yeah, I was very, very grateful to be back doing what I do and, and doing what I love. So, so, yeah, I just sort of basically just had a mindset of just put that in the past and leave it there and park it and, you know, get on with, with um, what I love doing. Mate, was there mornings on the hard labour that you spoke about there where you thought that, you know, your footballing um, career as far as recruitment could have been over? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely was, yeah. So, yeah, as I said, there was some there was some dim, dark days there and different stages. I had, a, <clears throat> I had a bad car accident through that period as well. I was laid up for three or four months, you know, so I was, yeah, it was, it was some dark days there, that's for sure. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Listener.